There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hello! Uh, welcome to Rotten Treasure. Uh, we watched, oh, I forgot to look up the title, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hey, it's me, the other host, who knew the name of the movie, and I could just saying I could have just hosted this one. You, you could have. <laughs> At any point, you can host and I can other host. That's not a big deal to me. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not That's fully a- attached to that. I shouldn't make them just be like bonus episodes that people have to get and just like hide them away. No, no. Uh, you know what? You can do the next movie. That's too much pressure. I'm not doing yeah. it. Yeah, whatever. Well, <laughs> here's one of my host duties. I'll bring in our guest. Uh, Yay. Uh, he is a, a wonderful Philadelphia improviser turned wonderful Chicago improviser. It's Scott Campbell. Hey, what's up? Hi, Scott. How What's are you? going on? I am fantastic. Thank you for asking. How are Hello. you guys? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, when you say it that many times, I don't believe you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are, wait, yeah. Uh, wink once if you are not in a safe place. <laughs> yeah, are you okay? Wait. For the listeners on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim being held hostage for an entire podcast episode is ridiculous. Like, we, should have, we, like... <laughs> we should have all established a safe word for the podcast. <laughs> that at any point we know that we're in a hostage situation. <laughs> uh, I will find a reason to moo. If I can, mm-hmm. if I can moo, if I can manage to moo in a hostage situation, you'll know sure. that I'm in danger. I yeah. hope it's really ham-fisted. I, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Scott, how do you feel about Lord of the Rings in general? I grew up a huge fan. Like, my favorite book growing up as a child was The Hobbit. No question. I've been a fantasy nerd my entire life. I loved... I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons. I loved Lord of the Rings. When the first trilogy came out, I was just like... I was at every Friday night, midnight movie release for all of them. Uh... I love the hobby cartoon as a child. Uh, so, yeah. That said, these Hobbit movies are trash. And not because of, like, the quality. Like, we'll get into this, I'm sure. You guys have already done the first two movies. But, man, I'm such a purist. Uh, and I felt like the Lord of the Movies, Lord of the Ring movies, stayed pretty true. There are, like, the minor things that they had to change for time and for, like, meaning I got it. But I just feel like there's some choices in these movies that did not need to be made. Uh, yeah. yeah, that changed the complete outlook of very, very important characters, which to me is infuriating as uh, a fan of Tolkien. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think one of the big problems is just, like, Martin Freeman is second billing in the movie. He's the Hobbit. The book is about the Hobbit. In all three movies, he's not the main character. I think Ian McKellen might be. I don't. Yeah. I don't remember. Ian McKellen might be. I mean, especially in the third one, a lot of it's about Thorin, which yeah. is there is a lot to do with Thorin. And man, we can get into that too. I don't know how soon, but uh, <laughs> dragon sickness not real, not in any Tolkien book. They made it up for this movie. <laughs> I dragon love it. sickness 
Yeah. Like, get the fuck out. What the fuck is dragon sickness? It sounds like something you purchase. Like, if you want to get like, a friend of yours, dragon sickness, get your dragon sickness. That's, you know? that's so funny because that specific part, I turned to my girlfriend and went, I remember this from the book. And she was like, me too. It's mm. not real. It's not, it's not from the book. We're just thinking of the concept of Thorin at one point is like when they're trying to find the Arkenstone, he's like, did you steal it? And they were like, no. And he's like, I think you did. And then at the end, he apologizes. But no one ever calls it dragon sickness. There's yeah, got to be know more I'm, I know. I'm, I know I'm coming in very hot already with Thorin issues. But like this, this whole theme bugs me to death, especially as someone who's gotten into like understanding, like writing a little bit more in the last few years or uh, like movie acts because I've never really dissected things like that before I even thought about it until I started performing regularly and like uh the whole idea that they came up with this dragon sickness to justify him just being a very stubborn greedy dwarf was just so unnecessary like I feel like in this last movie like I feel like in the first two movies and you I don't know how much you talked about this but and I'll stop saying stuff like that as we go on. <laughs> it's just rehashing because I don't care what you said before. I'm here to talk about it now. Yes. Uh, to be honest. And I'm very more honest. important than whatever your previous two guests were. Go I'm in, podcaster. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I feel like this movie didn't do a good job of building up the characters of the other dwarves in this movie. Other than maybe like Balin a little bit. And like obviously Keeley... Mm-hmm a lot when we can mm-hmm. get to that for sure in this next hour and a half. Uh, Jim, are you writing these down? Are you writing these down? I just have that says now. But there's, there's like, think about if they had used Thorin's greed and his uh, just stubbornness to interact with those other characters to build that up instead of just copping out with dragon sickness. They, they could have like, they could have built up the relationships like in, or more of the characters a little bit and shown a lot of more of Thorin's good and positive that I feel like it was just like a lot of lazy writing. So instead they just decided to come with dragon sickness, which is a thing. And then how Thorin gets out of dragon sickness is the stupidest 30 or 90 second montage I've ever seen of a man who like over five minutes just decides not to be crazy with dragon sickness anymore. Yeah. The, the, his magic dwarf will comes out of nowhere uh, and he has oh. like this, psychedelic weird sequence where he's like oh i'm 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 here for my dwarves now we're gonna go to war and fight this orc like shut the fuck up yeah like shut up thorin (laughs) peter jackson i don't know as much of a love story he had for the first three movies the hobbit man i just feel like he could have done so much better anyways that's my i'll get off my stool now about thorin let you guys talk no i'm I'm with it i i just think that i would have been much more interested if they didn't have him like have that, but like the actual conflict of would you share it? I would have been interested if he genuinely just got into a point as a like as a dwarf and was just like, oh shit, I know I promised this. Like, I, like, and they showed that like sincere acting of that. I'd be like, whoa, Thorin. I'd be more like <laughs> fascinated by the character if that was the case. Right. He like, would have connected more with the audience had yeah. he just been a very real stubborn greedy ass dwarf which is what dwarves are uh, yeah. in most mythology mm-hmm. fantasy type situations and having them double down on it especially like building up a family history of like yeah no this is a huge deal we lost this hundreds of years ago i'm reclaiming this mm-hmm. i'm already greedy let's get these other dwarves involved to make give them some life other than just being some weird looking 
chubsters that we show now and then. Uh, I just yeah. feel like they could have done him a lot better justice. But man, all that said, like I know I'm shitting on them a lot. That actor, I don't remember. I'm not good with actor names. The dude that plays Thorin is great. Yeah, his acting, the acting in this movie is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, they the acting like the best part of any of these movies is Martin Freeman really knocked it out of the park as Bobo, uh, which we've said before. He's he's he really embodied what the character was in the book by just being just this uh, super uh grumpy old man who doesn't want to do it. he's very fussy he doesn't want to do anything and then by the end he's just like no we have to do we have to do what's right and we have to keep trudging forward and he does that he does all that well and everyone else does well too for sure and the only thing i will say is like i feel like they he does do Belbo right in that sense but i feel like he was also set up to fail in the fact that Peter Jackson is trying to make Bilbo an active hero mm. when really in the books, he was an accidental hero mm-hmm. who found his moments of courage. Like, I don't know. I, I just don't, I just feel like if Peter Jackson kept a lot of the believability in like Bilbo was a coward, like Bilbo in the book uses the ring constantly. And mm. like yeah. in the, in the movie, he uses it a couple of times. Like, yeah, I think it's like in very, maybe four times. <laughs> Right, and I no, feel I'm like thinking I'm, about the entire three movies. I could be wrong though, but I think it's I th- very little. <laughs> I think he uses it once per movie. I think yeah. that's right. When the books, that is not the case. He's burglaring the shit and like doing all the sneaky things and being the biggest coward and being the accidental hero mm. in lots of ways. And uh, I just feel like I feel like Martin would have crushed that. Like if he did already did a good job with being like the likable, believable, like typical protagonist and. I don't know. I feel like a lot of uh, it just would have been better had they stayed closer to the book. Mm. I don't there know. is. Have you ever watched the um, the version of these movies where they cut it? They cut out everything that wasn't in the book, and it's just one four hour movie. Oh Jesus Christ! That was not in the book. They they took out everything that wasn't in the book. It's it's all just the stuff that's from the book, and they they put it in there and they cut everything down. They make it nice. And it's just one big four-hour movie. It's still a little bloated, but it is. it does tell the story a lot better because who would have thought a classic book, uh, if you just write that story out, is a good story. Yeah. Right. I guess when I first hear you tell me, have I ever seen this movie with all of the parts that are not in the book in a four-hour thing, which, first of all, is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second of all... <laughs> It's uh, uh, I'm sorry, the three movies. They cut everything sure, sure, sure. from the three movies out. Yeah. No, no, no. Everything from the three movies of The Hobbit that are not in the book into one film. Mm-hmm. If I saw that, that would be the way that you wanted me to punch a child. <laughs> <laughs> if you forced me to yeah. watch that movie and said, this is The Hobbit, I would, that'd be the closest <laughs> I would get to just like white rage. If someone put that in front of me and said, Scott. Here, watch The Hobbit, and they showed me four hours of a movie that was not The Hobbit. Yeah. I would be willing to punch a child. I think <laughs> I'd be there. I'd be close. That's just the hope a child is not walking by. <laughs> I mean, I really would. I would never harm a child. Uh, Don't that make said, that, is that the quote for the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I love kids, but man, I, uh, I I bet that I bet that is good. Uh, joking aside. Because the thing is, it is beautiful. Like for the t- early two thousands or like mid two thousand 
the 2010s or whatever it came out was like 2015, 2014. Mm-hmm. CGI is great. Smog, gorgeous. That opening sequence, amazing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, and even the battle scenes and like, <laughs> I th- th- those are some of the things that I can forgive, right? So like, if in the book. I think it's about between the five armies, there's about 6,000 people in the movie. However, we're about at a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's absurd. And yeah. Mystical beasts. And like all they of just this kept craziness. copy and pasting. They're just right. like, you know what? Add a couple more. <laughs> oh, no. there, there are literal scenes where you can see like they line up trolls to be catapults and you can see where they copy and pasted the CGI that all of the trolls are doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Three seconds separated. And, uh, I'm fine with it. It's gorgeous. Like obviously Peter Jackson, that team is amazing and they did a really good job of like, he knows how to do epic battles. And so I'm here for it. I don't care if they, you know, whether they expend on the number of troops, isn't a big deal, but staying just moving off the story and major plots so far is just un, uh, unforgivable to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, um, a lot of those problems stem from if you have you ever seen the Lindsay Ellis videos on uh on this on these I movies? I have not. I have not. Oh, they're great. They they break apart why the movies aren't good so well. And one of the reasons that uh, she brings up is that there's five production companies in charge of this movie. Five Jesus. different companies had a hand in it, so they needed to make a ton of money in order for that to happen. Which, when you hear that makes total sense why they would make three movies because that's sure. an extra billion dollars that they're making. Uh, so you're telling me there's a battle of the five armies outside of the battle of the five armies. Right. As she puts yeah. it, there's a battle of the five production companies. Sure. Wow. Which is like, and when I, I was like, this makes, and when I was watching the opening credits, sure enough, there's, there's four of them. And then there's a fifth one, which <laughs> I believe is the Weinstein company uh, mm, that isn't named great. in the movie. Uh, but they have every, they have them all in there and you're like, yeah, okay. Okay. I see. I'm starting to see where the problems are stemming from. They have a rush production that started with Guillermo del Toro, who was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. So then Peter Jackson has to fit that into his own vision. And then they make a third movie from, a, <laughs> as Frank puts it, a pamphlet of a book. Like, it's, yeah. it's way too stretched out, and that's where everything goes wrong. No, I agree 100%. It should have been two movies. I think everyone agrees it should have been two movies except for Hollywood uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and the country of New Zealand. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, they're about it. Yeah, of course, because, like, half the country's in the fucking movie. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. Did you I, guys uh, have any beefs with this movie? Like, so, what were your guys' beefs? Because I'd love to hear them, or if you had any. I, I actually, so this is the first time I've done all of these, really, except for the accidental time I fell asleep through most of the uh, <laughs> the third Lord of the Rings uh, in theaters. I barely saw any of it. I saw battles. Uh, but in the, uh, this is my first time through The Hobbit as well. And I actually was talking about it today with a coworker that I enjoy uh, Bilbo so much more than Frodo, uh, which is why I think I've been like kind of leant towards... I like I kind of like half watched like this franchise was easy to half watch and like half pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be a ho- like co-host uh, of a movie podcast. I just I didn't find these movies to really really draw me in. Um, there's the so only, much. But, there's unless, so much. 
I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, there's so much bloat in them that yeah. you can just not pay attention to a lot of scenes and you get and the l- gist of it. Yeah, unless there was just like Ian McKellen was on there, I was like, what's, oh, what's, what's, what's Gandalf saying? Uh, I mean, because there would be certain times where I would just be like, all right, I need to keep tabs on this ridiculous, like the, the stupid background I have. Uh, I, I'm, I loved the, like the silence of, uh, the buildup of just everything's done, everything's over. Frodo's just having like a, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bill was just having like a minute, just like sitting, Thorin's dead, and Gandalf just comes up slow chills next to him packs a pipe and just smokes some weed and it's just like it's crazy right like it was like they didn't <laughs> i don't even remember what the first thing he said but the, it was just a fun fact about that scene that was uh ian mckellen's last uh day as gandalf and so they had a bunch of dialogue written out and then peter jackson was like you know what this is his this is his final day let's make it uh, like a swan song for him Mm. Let's take out all the dialogue. We don't need it. Ian McKellen is so great. He can do this entire scene without dialogue. So we're getting rid of it. Yeah, that's and awesome. It was a good choice. Damn. One of the few good choices in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Because there, there are some good choices. Honestly, anything that's true to the book, good choice. Anything that's not true to the book, just trash. It's just so... Like, I told Kai when we were talking about this. She's like, which movies do you want to watch? I was like, if you want to see me just get so mad... Like these, the, the Hobbit movies make me as mad as like listening to country music. It's like this visceral <laughs> yeah. feeling I get in my body of just like, it's not like I'm mad. Like, I physically get angry. Like my mood changes. I had to eat a weed gummy before I rewatched this movie because I knew I'd fucking be <laughs> all worked fair. up about it. Ooh. And uh, man, they just, they, they get such a reaction out of me. And I feel like, like, a lot of the choices I, I would have been on board with had they just done it in a different way. Like, take Toriel, for example, right? Toriel's yeah. not in the books at all. Toriel's yeah, yeah, not an I, important I part. That, yeah. However, what we're seeing on screen is 40 white dudes all of the time. Yeah. And in this and in this book, especially this part, like, there is no women whatsoever. I'm all about introducing a woman character, especially if it fits along with the plot. But why do we have to give her a love interest? Why yeah, do we? It's terrible. Why does she have to be a part of a love triangle? Why don't just make this woman a badass elf that is like, you know, just doing the elf king's work, just going out there and shooting motherfuckers with her bow, Legolas style? Because yeah. you don't need, we don't need Legolas in this movie either. We can get to that no. too. Yeah. Uh, I'm writing yeah, it down. Yeah, cut, we're cutting. Like, yeah, we're cutting. <laughs> We're cutting a few people. Yeah, fuck it. Like, you can cut half the dwarves because they didn't have much of a personality difference anyways. Uh, well, right, because they didn't build up in any of their character. Like, yeah. they didn't... I, I don't know. I haven't read this stuff, and I don't have such an emotional connection like you do, but people that I've talked to who do, because let me tell you, out of all the franchises we've done and the general people I hang out with, this is definitely the most like, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> everyone's got sure. hot feels. Um, and that's been the biggest thing. It's just like, they're pissed that the dwarves didn't get rounded out. Like, they're just you get the two hot uh oh my my coworker was pointing it out there's like the two uh there's like the hot one <laughs> right uh right which is so i would argue, i would actually argue that thorin is the hot one right thorin right. is thorin the is hot the hot, one yeah all right yeah, thorin by definitely. far is the hottest dwarf yeah um, cuz keely and feely they're not dwarf yeah. i mean what is this they're half beards no no dwarf is a sexy dwarf with that fucking weak ass beard <laughs> that they both have calling it out of course I'm going to call it, like, listen, yeah. I'm a huge fucking nerd. Like, dwarves have good, full, thick beards. And they had, like, some of the dwarves, like, rocking mustaches. Mm. I don't know what the fuck that was about. And then <laughs> Killing Phillies, like, 
I feel like what they did with Keeley especially is like, oh, we want to make a dwarf who doesn't look that dwarf so we can justify that Toriel and him could have a spark. But fuck that. Just right, like, right, right. Why make can't him human just... enough? Like, or like, she's she's an elf, but like still, right. like like just like, let how how much can you make him un elf uh, or un dwarf like to be like, yeah, you know, it's just like reasonable. Like that's that's fine. You can see that love on a like a Hallmark card. That would work. But, but that said, I feel like a real asshole right now, just justifying that relationship at all because it's all made up. It shouldn't exist. There mm-hmm. is no Toriel. There's no Keeley. There is no. I mean, there is a Keeley, but like that whole. Yeah. Mm. Man, it's just so infuriating. Like, just don't. I mean, I mean that's in Hollywood all the time, right? People want a love story. People want this or that. But like, the weird love triangle that they interjected into this movie was such a bullshit, like George Lucas Star Wars shitty writing move. Yeah, that was just so unnecessary. And like, I don't think a single you would have had neckbeards who would have been super pissed that they introduced Toriel. Sure, but I, as someone who I feel like. I'm a little bit of a neckbeard. I would have totally been okay with like a Toriel character who had no love interest, who was just like this badass woman uh, that was like tearing it up and helping out the, you know, yeah. the war situation. Give me some yeah. of that like Legolas like vibe, like 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 what is it? Just like uh, I don't even know what you want to say. Like skating on a what did you call it? Like surfing down some stairs while like area oh, right. shooting someone. Like give some give like some of that shit. To a, like another character, I'm I'm for which, introducing which a they character. did. Yeah. It's just they also gave her a love triangle, right? right. Which and, that, and that's like the primary focus. Like to me, the better story would have been so like we're already going to build up this new story about Bard, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bard yeah. in the books is a very like Bard comes out of nowhere in the book, and then he's just like the dude that kills Smog. <laughs> Literally, right? he just shows up in in the book when he kills Smog. Smog comes out. Burns down Lake Town, and then out of nowhere, the book goes. Let's check out what's going on in Lake Town. Uh, it, it's all chaos. Everyone's getting burned down. But then, out of nowhere, Bard the Mighty stands on top of the church and shoots down uh, Smaug. And it's like, oh, I guess that was his introduction. His introduction is also him killing the dragon. Right. So I, I really want you to do the news in this universe. <laughs> I feel like Here comes do. Bard. He's got, the the, he's got the top of the church. He's got a bow and arrow. Little do we know, Bard has three children and his wife is dead. Yeah. Bard's hobbies include fishing, giving the sheriff a lot of grief, and shopping in the market. Uh, so. <laughs> sure. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here for Jim O'Donnell and Lake Town News. Like yeah. that's. I'm here. For, I, I'd, I'd subscribe to that podcast. Um, but no. If Tor- what if they just introduced Toriel and had her? So they're going to build a whole arc about Bard, which I get because mm-hmm. Bard is such an important part of that. Like such a big deal of Count Smog and like. Uh, I completely get why you want to build that up a little bit considering how much he doesn't get paid off in the books, but just have maybe Toriel's like helping him out or like she, mm-hmm. there's other ways that like you can build the story between those two where it's not a love thing. It's just like mm-hmm. the King sends her to Lake town because of all the stuff going on. She interacts with Bard stuff happens. I don't know. I'm not a writer. I'm just saying there's better opportunities to do things yeah. there than what I, I happened. Mean, Bard's whole role within the battle is him trying to make peace within the battle. Just have Toriel be the elf person who's also trying to make peace in the battle. Right, 100%. And it's just the two of them being cohorts, being like, yes, 
let's stop this battle. That's not a good idea. All right. Or like the king wants the jewels, right? From the mountain. So like he's, she's the representation of that situation. Yep. It would have been just such an easy, non-complicated, not, he ha- she has to love Keely and Legolas has to be in love with her, with her situation. I don't Ugh. know. Ugh. She deserved better. We deserved better as an audience. <laughs> <laughs> Evangeline I, Lily deserved better. She specifically yeah. signed onto the role saying, I'll do this as long as I don't have a love triangle. And they shot the movie and then she came back for reshoots and suddenly there was a love triangle. And she was like, be, yeah, fuck, I didn't want, this is exactly what I didn't want. Yeah, yeah I figured there's some fine print shit um, that was not great. Like, I, I imagine the meeting being very much so like, hey, so we got a note. Uh, apparently we are supposed to have women in the movie um and then someone yeah just like oh real quick just want to put a note and gotta be in love with two people <laughs> same time uh i'd be interested in like a polyamorous uh like elf don't get me wrong like that'd be wild <laughs> i'm for that uh maybe they'll do it in the the tv show coming out um yeah amazon, amazon prime are we promoting them now yeah <laughs> <laughs> no no i'm just trying to think about this i'm trying to think which elves because like in the tolkien world i don't see these elves as being poly because they're so jealous right like oh my god a, yeah no yeah. they're all prudes they're all huge prudes like, they probably have sex with clothes on and just like, like there's just <laughs> holes cut out of their clothes yeah. and they probably are blindfolded the whole time so you it's, think uh, that elves are the mormons of uh middle <laughs> sure yeah yeah i mean in this situation because, like, I mean, Gladriel turned down Gandalf, right? There is a moment where she had a chance to leave with him in this movie, mm. which doesn't exist. Like, man, that I was so mad mind. at that. It was so annoying. Like, they did. It wasn't explicit, but they hinted at it, right? Like, what? Don't... Wait, hold on. I missed something. What? What did they hint at? Gandalf, maybe, maybe there being some sexual tension between Gandalf and Gladriel uh, when mm-hmm. Gandalf is being rescued by mm-hmm. Radagast during the necromancer scene. And she, he like asked her to come with him. Oh, okay. Right on. I got to rewatch this scene. Yeah. The way he says it is my lady come with me. And she's like, I can't, I have to finish the job here. And then he's like, okay, fine. And then he gets pulled away on the stretcher. Hmm. Because he doesn't ask Elrond to come and he doesn't ask Saruman to come. Nope. Like there's clearly, mm-hmm. Nope. Only as Galadriel. So to me, there were some implications of like, he was trying to hint at there was something more there. Like, don't do that. That was not necessary. And maybe that wasn't Peter Jackson's choice. Maybe that was one of the, maybe that was one of the battles of the five production companies. Yeah, I don't probably. Know. Battle lost. I would, everyone. I would like, definitely say like, that. Gandalf is not even a person. He's a, he, he's a wizard, which is in this universe, a low level angel. He's, 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 He's barely even a, a a person at all. He's a magical being who exists. He shouldn't have sexual tension. Sure. Yeah. And I've always been confused. Even in the books, I uh, being a little bit of a nerd, like the wizard, like that whole dynamic of what they are and what they can do is such a weird... I, I just want some definition. And I think... Tolkien, it's probably, I don't know if this is a genius move or just like an easy way out of like, I'm not going to give any definition to what these wizards are and what they can do. Mm-hmm. That way it can just be all open to interpretation. Yeah. Or If they want to shoot I, out fire acorns, they can shoot out fire acorns. Why can't? Why, why not? Right. Is that in the books? I don't know. <laughs> He's, They're just like, yeah, why not? 
Tolkien actually explicitly said in a lot of his letters, like, I want to leave this a little open-ended because it is magic and I don't want to explain magic. It just, Mm. magic is more magical when it's a little bit mysterious, like almost like, oh, I kind of heard of this guy doing a thing. That's, it's, it's more, it's more shrouded in mystery and you're like, oh, that's really cool. And that's how he, that's how he wrote a lot of the magic within Middle Earth. And it worked in his favor, and he created a whole genre because of it. I mean, I can't even imagine his brain. Can you imagine uh, just writing in the early 1900s an entire elven language? No. And then you Uh, just write these books as an exercise of doing that? Yeah. I can't even. Whenever I've had friends or, like, like, when you hear about people being like, oh, yeah, me and my sibling, we developed a language when we were kids. You're like, why? That sounds terrible. That must have taken so long. Oh my god. Yeah, he was he was just a, he was a linguist who was like I want to invent my own language. And then he wrote The Hobbit for his kid, I believe. And then as he did that he was like this world is pretty sick. Let me like expand it more and more. And then they were like you should write a sequel to that because that was a really popular book. And then he goes, "Oh, well, sure. It'll make it'll take me 20 years, but mm. uh I'd love to write a story based in this whole world that I've been expanding. Yeah. Uh, Jim, did you have any beef with this? What what are your biggest beefs with this movie? I think similar to you, my biggest beef is that I was a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings movies. Huge fan. I adored them when... I saw them right after the the third one came out. uh, Because I was a little too young to see the the first three in theaters. Sure. Um, so I because you're, you're, you're 21, right? You're 21. <laughs> yeah, 20, 21 years old. I was born the day the Fellowship came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. No, um, I was like maybe I was in sixth grade, I think, when I watched them all, and I was like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I love this. This is so awesome." And then, uh, like two years later, they were like, "Hey, we're gonna make the Mahab movies," and I was like, "Awesome." I love this. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And then slowly over time, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna we're gonna make three of them. And I was like, that's weird, but I'll I'm, <laughs> I'll I trust allow Peter, it. I'll, I trust Peter Jackson. Like, let's do it. And even before that, they had Guillermo del Toro, and I was like, awesome. I love Pan's Labyrinth. This is gonna be this is gonna be sick as hell. Right. Mm. Yep. 100%. And then like all the productions, I was following the production stuff the whole time. And then the movie came out, and I was like, all right, I'm so excited. This is my first time going to see one of these movies in theaters. Let's do this. And I watched it and it was awful. And I hated every second of it because it's like, I, it was in 3d. Mm. It was really, it gave you, it gave you a headache because it was uh 48 frames per second. And also 4k, which was impossible for my eyes to <laughs> comprehend. Yikes. Sure. And then it was all bloated. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to see the other ones. I don't, I don't, care i don't think Oof. and i think this has killed my love of lord of the rings now oh really <laughs> wow i don't think i watched it for like 10 years well it's been 10 years so no but yeah i i didn't care about lord of the rings until i read the books last year yeah last summer i read the books and i was like oh right i love this uh, this is mm. one of my favorite things right two, like who did two towers with you guys Ross? Uh, Ross did. Lucky who, bastard. Who didn't really care that much for it. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. so good. 
it'd be like that. I, I mean, I'm, I feel bad. Overall, I'm not as hyped as everybody else. I feel like if it sounds like if I would have read this at the right time with the right amount of just like believing in magic, which I'm just a tired 34 year old. I don't believe in magic anymore. <laughs> I've okay. I've lost my belief. I'm just kidding. But here, but here's what I would say, Kai is like I would not. I guess someone who's not that interested, don't go back and watch, or I'm sorry, read the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's mm. a lot. There's a lot of like oh. mm-hmm. backstory. Like if you cared about it and you were interested, I'd say you'd love it. But that said, the Hobbit is the perfect read still to this day. Like I will reread the Hobbit. It's not that long. I was going to say it's easy a, read, please. Yes. It's a super oh, yeah. easy read. It's very it's the, funny. There's a lot of good versions of the audiobook with very good voice actors. Which like, I, yeah, it's very, the characters are very well written. It's just such a solid, I mean, there's a reason that all of this came from this book, right? Like there's mm-hmm. the Hobbit is such a solid, just, yeah. It's, and, it's a perfect hero's journey. Cause he, it was, I think it was right before Joseph Campbell wrote his, uh, his big book about uh hero's journey. But this was like a prime example of it. He took Beowulf and all those other legends uh, from before that and mushed it all into one book because he was like i've noticed all these patterns let's make a book out of it and it was exactly perfect he made a great book out of it right because you don't need a lot of story with bard you just need to know that this town has a hero because the book isn't about bard uh it's about bilbo uh and the fact that he's like an accidental hero through a lot of it but he always gets himself like the fact that they go away from him because being a burglar is such a big part of his shadiness in the books. It's such like a fun quality of Bilbo and true to who he is that like, I feel like they really, he's a burglar in quotes in the movies mm-hmm. uh, who does all these really cool heroic things on purpose, which I just feel just isn't true to the character when he's mm-hmm. even in the movie. Cause he's barely in the movie. I mean, it's <laughs> not that he's barely in the movie, but like he's such like, I feel like he's an equal part as to all the other characters, and I get why, but yeah, I mean, we've he's, already talked about it. He's probably in like half the movie, whereas in the book, it's told from his perspective. When he like, he gets knocked out for the battle, and then they tell him what happened in the battle in the next chapter. Right. Yes. And he's. They didn't even like. I feel like they could have done the whole helmet thing. Like him being knocked out of the battle was such a like. Him getting that helmet and being knocked out in the book was such like a very. Uh, anticlimactic, but like also very believable thing for that character uh-huh. that you've read through for that many pages. Mm-hmm. But for him to like be running valiantly to save like this orc trap, uh, to be just like knocked out in battle in this, I don't know. It was just so, <laughs> I'm just sad, just frustrating. Uh, uh, they did a similar thing in Game of Thrones, the show, where they did like the opposite, where in the book, in the first book, they have this big, long battle, and it's the battle where they capture Jamie Lannister. Mm. And it's this big description, and they have... Uh, it's all t- told from Tyrion's perspective, and he's, like, a great hero during it. But the show, because it was the first season and it wasn't a big deal yet, they ran out of money. And they were like, how do we do this? So they go, oh, let's just do the, the, the Hobbit thing. And they knock out Tyrion, and he wakes up, and they're like, what happened? And he, he's like, what happened? They go, oh... Uh, we uh, captured Jamie Lannister. And he's like, oh, cool. Or they captured Jamie Lannister. He's like, oh, fuck. We needed that guy. Shit. And like, 
but it worked there. It works. You don't really need the huge battle that's bloated and everything. Although I did love watching the battle scenes. Sure. Yeah, like, no, I agree. He does do he does battle like set pieces really well. Like I loved the huge troll with the big triangle on his head that bashed into the wall and then he dies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I feel he just he passes out. Yeah, he's I, just. I'm, I feel love so that bad guy. for the trolls because like, oh wait, do they want to kill or are they just like they're just kind of rode in like they're they have people like riding them. <laughs> Where where are their where are their troll wives? You know what I mean. (laughs) Aren't they concerned that their husbands are just like dumb enough to kill themselves as battering rams? Like, can you imagine that troll family? Like, honey, your dad died. Oh my god, what happened? Well, here's the thing: Uh, the orcs wanted Steve the troll to break down this wall so they put a huge brick on his head and told him to run head first into the wall so they could infiltrate the castle and he died because of massive brain injuries and then they're like oh wait couldn't we have just gone to the front door where these dwarves spent 10 hours putting some rocks up and just push that fucking wall over yeah. no we had to crash through it yeah <laughs> no you know that's a little different because they used didn't the uh the trolls were the that was the, breaking the, to the city yeah, Dale, not the dwarves use the uh, they use the big bell to right, 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 right. knock down all the rocks. Yeah, it was that that guy is in my top five favorite Lord of the Rings characters that don't have a name. I just I show have, up. It's up there with the person who gets like decapitated but makes a silly face. I think in the was it in the original trilogy? I don't remember. They get decapitated by uh and, and like when that happens, they're like oh. Like they do, like a oh my god, that oh that happened, uh, just silly oat face. Oh, that was the before their head orc falls in off. The Return of the King, I think, right? Like it was a very quick. It's been a it's been a blur at this point. When you watch this much content, I can't be responsible for knowing which is which at this point. <laughs> no, it's a lot of content for sure. It is, yeah. Uh, I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go, Scott. You go. Uh, what do you guys feel about these orcs that have these crazy weapons as limbs and trolls? Yeah. Where, where is this technology coming from that they just have weapons as limbs? Like, is it magic? Are, are there, is, I you have always... that many people. You have a community. You can build anything. <laughs> They've made, everybody just has an overrun like home of just two, like, wow. I can't imagine having to, uh, care for that many people like oh god how does that civilization live doesn't didn't wasn't one of them quadruple amputee yeah like one of the trolls like i feel like one of the big beasts had nothing but like war hammers and axes and swords as all of their limbs i always feel bad for them for whenever you see a fantasy creature who has a limb that's a weapon because it's like they have to have a life outside of battle Mm-hmm. So sure. how do they eat with two right. with two war hammers instead of hands? Right. How like, do you wipe? You can't. Yeah, yeah. You just don't. It's something true. tells yeah. me trolls don't wipe. They see. They just seem like that kind of guy. But like, sure. I, uh, but the point still stands. I mean, I I haven't seen if trolls can bend that way to to wipe. So if they can't, it's not their fault. I think they can work together and wipe each other, but. 
Oh, they got big long arms. They got like those like gorilla type arms. So I think that they can reach. Do yeah. gorillas right, wipe? Uh, no Jim, idea. You're the you're the person who looks stuff up. Do Jim, looking up stuff. Yeah, why you looked that up? I want to know why, and I'm not just trying to be some woke ass white dude, but like, where are all the women, orcs, yeah. trolls, uh, goblins? Because they're not represented. Why can't there just be a badass woman orc general that just destroys all these? Like, just let me see a woman orc slit the throat yeah. of an elf. I think just slit the throat of a white elf man with his blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. How satisfying would that be to so many people? Ugh. I think nope. that would be a problem with the source material. Sure. Uh, well, well, 100%. The source material, Tolkien wrote like three women yeah. ever. All, mm-hmm. sure. all of the name characters, because there's Galadriel, there's Eowyn, and there's Arwen. And Arwen is barely in the book. Her big story is in the, uh, in the appendices. Like, she's barely right. there. She's barely there. It's all about her and Faramir. And like, the, it's all about love for all of his women characters. And like... Why does Erwin like? Why do the, his two major protagonist women in the entire all of his books have names that are like one letter away from each other? Mm-hmm. And, and like I get like it's not that far of reach because he does Saruman and Saruman and like yeah. and Boin like, and Oin and right you know, yeah Fiji all and Kiwi these. whatever yeah. they're right. fucking yeah Fiji's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like yeah obviously it was a different time it's early 1900s. I don't think I'm not going to fault. Well, of course you can fault, you can look back in history and do that, but like he's a product of his environment. Sure. But I'm just saying Peter Jackson had the opportunity. Like why not just like, especially with CGI, like you're just, you're making all this up. Like why not? If you want to add like editorial, yeah. why not add some badass women, orcs and trolls too? That just like, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. What I was about. Yeah. What I was thinking was um, that it's a problem with the source material because I think that orcs, aren't born i think they're like oh they're created they're created mm-hmm. sure. so there's that so there so there's not really a necessity for oh that i no cut that out i don't like, i didn't like that no no, no Jim, I almost said. Jim, double down Jim, <laughs> i want you to double down no no Look, no i'm Jim not saying that women that's Jim hates, no jim hates women so it's appropriate for him to say i realized as uh, immediately Jim, what i was uh, saying your girlfriend's listening i just want her to know that you as a man are dating a woman hater right. you as a man are dating someone who feels that if I'm a wizard or a necromancer and I'm creating an entire race I should only create ugly ass orc men Yeah, I just want a lot of orc dicks running around with no women to ruin any of their fun times any of their uh, you know just like yeah. It's just unnecessary. You don't, you just don't need an orc or troll woman running around. I'm it's, done, Jim. I don't want to do this podcast with you. <laughs> okay. You've gone too far. The, the better version of what I'm trying to say is he didn't do it in the books, but you just can in the movies. Right. If, since they're created, yeah, you just make the you just make some of them women. Why, why not? Like, go right ahead. They're, they're created anyway. Like, who cares? If they don't right, and that's what podcast. I was saying. It's like, if, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no, that's and that's all I meant. Like, that's what's going back on the Toriel thing. I just felt like he could use the opportunity. Like, you're gonna add Toriel as a woman. You're gonna add women characters. Why not just go further? And like, I guess w- with the Lord of the Rings stuff, because there wasn't any women orcs or whatever. But like, but they've changed enough of the source material to be like, right. yeah, you could just do it. Like, who cares? Just do it. 
who's gonna stop you me like where it's it, it it's a bunch of nerds on the internet who cares about them i know they're the central people who are gonna buy it so you probably should please them a little bit but they're we're, we're fighting a bigger battle here is is the point I don't know if they're going to, uh, I don't know if the, whoever's making the TV show is listening to this episode, um, or the, they'll get this note from plenty of other people or the other, like, but when the show comes out, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if like, hell, if, like Roseanne, when it came back out, like we got a trans kid, you know, like they're, I was, I don't, I, who knows how far they're going to take it. Cause they're probably got the notes like, Hey, you only had like five, uh, I, I don't even know what it is. Like uh, how many black characters were in this movie that weren't an orc? Uh, um, like two extras, I feel like I saw. That's about I, it. I don't know, but who, who weren't we, the bad guys? <laughs> we talked about this with uh, Derek briefly, where he was like, "Is there any people of color within the movies?" And I was like, "I don't think there are." No. And then I thought about it and realized there are, and they did the terrible thing of making the Easterlings are all Middle Eastern characters, and they're oh, sure one hundred percent the bad guys who are on the side of Mordor. Like there were there ugh. were some Lake Town extras that were people of color, which is like fine, but like there's, I mean, it's very clear there's no representation. And again, it's what you're talking about earlier with the source material and like, whatever. But it doesn't mean just who cares. You're already changing. You're already changing it so much. But th- here's the thing: I don't want to go back and like, it was the early 2000s, right? Like, people weren't, didn't care, or like didn't like representation. I feel like has only become. Uh, and I'm not saying this is justifiably so at all, but like it hasn't been a priority for Hollywood until people have been really pushing for it over the last way at, not way after, but like since these movies have come out. Oh yeah. No. And like waves are, waves are possible like this. Like when people push for stuff because of like the internet and the way that we interact with each other. Now. Right. So like, yeah, like now it's just like, we're just, there's a lot of like, no, that's not content we're going to buy. And they're like, oh shit. Okay. Sorry. Please don't associate our future movies with this. Uh, right. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to clo- deactivate our account for like a couple weeks. We'll think about what we did. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Is that a good statement? <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at now. Right. And it sucks that it wasn't like that back then, but like, I can't change that that happened. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We can right. only try to do better all the time. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That's a weird tangent that we just went down on. No, I mean, like, I, I think we'll see a lot of changes. I think that if they really want to be cheeky about it, they'll, like, commit. They'll just, like, they'll also have, like, poly people. They have poly, you know, or they have, uh, they specifically have, like, do they have queer characters at all in Lord of the Rings? I don't, are there? I um, don't believe so. That, that would be a question for someone who's read I, more I than just the two books. They'll, they'll round the bases of, like, let's get one for every category or, like, just, like, for the perfect pamphlet picture of whatever the show should be this for the... I wouldn't be surprised for, like, the first season. And then they'll get more notes, and then hopefully it'll just get better and better. I'm very curious to watch the show. Um, sure. I'm, I'm also very curious. Like, I hope what they don't do is, like, I hope they add all the diversity that should be there. Because, like, did you guys... This is such a weird tangent, but did you watch Bridgerton? Did I watch Bridgerton? I, I did didn't. not know. It's the super horny Victorian style show on Netflix. Yeah. That's based on some books where basically they made Victorian area super diverse, super like, uh, it was just a very, is it all universe or is it just actually like, well, no, I mean, it's... it's all universe. No, it's all, it's all fiction, but mm-hmm. I felt oh, like right. they had a very diverse cast. And I feel like 
they did end up addressing the diversity a little bit at some point of the show, and I just felt like that wasn't necessary. Like, let's just have a cast. We don't need to explain it. Let's just have a diverse it. cast. Just like, do it. And I feel like they could do the same thing with the show. Like, just have a fucking diverse cast. That's uh, that's all you have to do. That doesn't need to be explained. Just fucking do it. One of my favorite moments is I got to find the name of this movie. I think about it all the time. Laverne Cox was just a a, a tattoo artist in a movie, and it wasn't like, oh, Laverne Cox, the trans character, is in a movie, <laughs> or like it, like that that was the thing ab- about her character. Uh, but rather, no, she's just oh, cool. Anyways, next scene, <laughs> like. Movie continues. Um, so yeah, the the it, it, I, it, representation really fucking matters, and uh, I just have it just have it just be normal. And yeah, I just <laughs> and not talk about it. And you don't need to talk about it. Just yeah. it's it's every fucking day life. I think um, of it. I kind of think of it as with like uh, if you remember when the movie Us came out, there was a there was a big to do about how uh, someone asked Jordan Peele like, oh, "Why is the family black?" and he went. Well, why wouldn't they be like, why are you asking that question? Why, Think why, about that. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely absurd that you would ask that. There's no reason for them to be black. And I, and when I watched the movie, I was like, yeah, there's no reason. It, it, there's no reason like plot wise, who cares? Like they don't try to explain that it's a black family and you could go into like the deeper themes of it. Maybe if you wanted to, but mm-hmm. in reality, there's no reason it's, it's just a black family. And they were in a huge blockbuster horror movie, which I loved. For that exact reason. Yeah, no, that movie was amazing. One of the few horror films I've sat through. I don't do a lot of scary movies, so. Kai, uh, did you go see that with Kelso and me and Katie? I, I think I did. I think I did. That's Because I came out like, what, three years ago? Yeah, something like that. That sounds right. Uh, I'll tell you this right now, Kai. I'm not a big horror movie watcher also. So I'm going to tell you this right now. If any of your friends... Tell you to watch the movie Midsummer. Don't do, don't it. do it. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Okay. <laughs> cool. I am. I love horror movies, but I am scared of every horror movie ever. Uh, I could not sleep for a week after watching Us, uh, okay. and I've been debating on whether or not to watch Midsummer because everyone keeps saying uh, to watch it. That and Hereditary, and I've mm. been like, mm, I'm a little too scared. I don't want to do it. It's not like. It's not that Midsummer. Midsummer is not even scary. It's just disturbing and yeah, I don't believable. like being disturbed. Yeah, I, I, like, I really don't like that. I don't even it's, like Hollow Man. Like that makes me uncomfortable. Like I don't want <laughs> Kevin Bacon not being visible. <laughs> you know, like that's the level of like not liking horror. I also got I'm uncomfortable like... watching Critters too. So, <laughs> oh, Critters too? <laughs> no, it's a horror it's... movie from the eighties. It's very oh, I thought cheesy. you were. Just calling Tremors a different, like, like a no. joke name. <laughs> no, the Critters is like this uh, really weird franchise of the mid '80s. That's a horror genre that like these little porcupine esque creatures from outer space came yes. down and like murdered people in there. Yeah. Uh, I know. Anyway, the Critters Two is one of the first movies that ever scared me because I my I didn't have. Uh, it's not that I have great parents. I oh, I was raised by a single parent. But uh, my mom's a single mom. She had three kids by the time she was 22. And so, like, being imagine being raised by a 20-year-old and, like, what I got to watch as a child. Mm-hmm. Probably not things most children should watch, right? So, like, I'm the kid that's teaching all of the kids how to swear because at eight <laughs> years old, I got to watch Eddie Murphy Delirious. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> right. Or, like, 
she would rent things like Critters 2 and she'd yeah. go to bed and I would just watch it and then be terrified because I think there's these real little aliens that are going to come kill me later. Oh my god, yes. I'm right there yeah. with you. My parents let me listen to like Adam Sandler content at like in like second grade. I'm not kidding. Uh, we've talked about that on the podcast. Like that's the level of like gross and just like un- inappropriateness that I was just like allowed to be exposed. <laughs> oh no, I was I was allowed to watch Andrew Dice Clay do stand up and like oh my listen God. to the Ghetto Boys. <laughs> yeah, in middle school. Which well, my was... parents. Oh, sorry. Well, go ahead. No, I'm just saying it was just also very cool. Like the fact that my mom had no issue with me listening to the Ghetto Boys or NWA. <laughs> And was like always uh, like allowed me to like listen to whatever music I wanted to. Very cool. But whether that was very appropriate or how that's affected me long term, I don't know. I think I'm okay. Yeah, I because I I think middle school is definitely around the time that you start to discover those types of things. Like Mm -hmm. I remember middle school was when I discovered George Carlin. And like I was just wow. You just pulled that from my brain. I was literally just going to say that because I grew up watching my Howie Mandel doing inappropriate stand-up. That's what my parents fucking loved. And George Carlin. Those are the two things they were all mm-hmm. about. Carlin's so good. Yeah. One of my favorite Carlin bits. Uh, did you guys watch CKY at all? Oh, like uh, this... the like Bam Margera. Not Bam Margera, but his brother. Yeah. Well, no, not their band. So, like, there were movies that those that band put out like basically that band would play their music to like skateboard it's like yeah. how all the mm-hmm. jackass got yeah. started right there's cky and then cky2k like yeah. there are these underground movies that got sold on ebay they're pre-jackass uh, right yeah. pre-jackass 100 and uh one time they did a bit with rob himself from that show and it cuts to george carlin and george carlin goes you know what you never see you never see a man running at full speed and taking a shit. <laughs> and, then it, <laughs> and then it cuts to Rob himself wearing nothing but a jock strap on somewhere in Westchester, Pennsylvania, with a headband, sunglasses, jock strap only. He'd eaten eight lax- laxatives, and they just filmed no. him running down the street, taking a full dupe. And no. it was foul. But uh, that line foul from dupe. George Carlin always sticks with me as a result of that. Wow. I do remember that line. But Carlin was so ahead of his time. Like, I wish that people would listen to Carlin now through the, all the political shit that we're going through because he's, because he's dead. People forget about him. People don't really talk about him. Yeah. Uh, and he was so ahead of his time. Uh, just as a leftist comedian. Oh, you could that, tell like Reagan era stuff broke him. And oh, for sure. Was, like he had those heart attacks and then he came back and he was like i hate every uh, the entire world it's awful and uh, we should you kind of could see it before because he was very hippie-ish before the only reason he would have had short hair in his early days was because they wouldn't have let him on tv otherwise but right he was a long hair comedian in the 70s and he just became an angry uh older comedian in the 80s and 90s the vibe I got when I was just getting, like, introduced to it as a small being was his whole thing was just like, what the fuck is this? Like, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the general, uh, the but bit is going to be that. Even but in his early in days, a- in the 70s, he has a lot of, like, anger material, but it's because he was a goofier guy at the time. Mm. It You don't really see it, but he has a lot of, like, he has, uh, on his Class Clown album, he has a bit about uh, Muhammad Ali, about him getting turned down from a... Uh, 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 they took away his boxing license because he wouldn't uh, serve in Vietnam. 
oh, and he has a big oh. bit about that and it's and it's very it's pretty angry but because it's him he's like well the, the oh, it's um you can fight uh if you're not gonna kill him then we're not gonna let you beat him up it, it, it's this like weird thing it's great Listen to I Class Clown. It. Everyone should. It, <laughs> classic album. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah, listen to George Carlin. It's, uh, yeah, he's a classic. I will say most of the stand-ups I grew up listening to, like, that really influenced my comedy or even my ability. Not ability, but, like, I don't know. I grew up listening to Eddie Murphy, right? He was so mm-hmm. blue. And, like, he was such a legend, and he's such the goat. Uh, and But he go back and listen to those specials, and they're so problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, same thing. They, same thing. Even with at the Pryor, time, right? they were prior problematic. <laughs> For sure. No, I mean at the time they're a little bit problematic, but also like, but that was the norm, right? And the same thing with yeah. like Richard Pryor. Like, our Richard Pryor, Richard is, God. People who need to listen to Carlin also need to listen to Richard Pryor, but like for his time, the things he was saying were just so true to him and to the time mm. that it's sometimes problematic. Uh, I think an interesting thing to do because I I like to do this where I like to listen to those things with like context when you listen to a lot of the uh, like 50s and 60s comedians they're not at all like what they are today there are a lot of one-liners there are a lot of like oh we're gonna do this bit uh, mm-hmm. uh an example of that is bob newhart who's fantastic oh, sure like yeah. great comedian <laughs> uh love a lot of his stuff but it's a, it's very like tame stuff and it's all bits and all characters and things like that and it wasn't until lenny bruce george carlin Richard Pryor came out that they were like, we're going to do comedy about ourselves because yeah. wh- who cares about those bits? Let's talk well, about me people, or, and my outlook. People, people like little slices of each other's lives. So, I mean, like, that's why st- that's what you hope to go get when you go get a stand up is you just want to have like a slice of the life that you can relate to, that you agree is like and there's no better thing to agree to than stuff that pisses you off. So, like, certain comedians can do that really well and get you to, um, I don't know, jump on with that. I like people who are like, isn't this crazy? I think that's why I like take take Nataro. It's because like it's a lot of like, if you think about it, isn't this crazy? And you're like, sure, take. I agree with you. Man, no, take take is great. <laughs> Your weird here, observations. Here's a just a again a random tangent that I'm gonna go off of. Go for During it. Go COVID, uh, anytime I got well, I mean we're still in fucking COVID because fuck yep. you anti-vaxxers, but uh, yeah. Another Sorry great if I'm quote ruining for, your podcast. No, great, no, another great quote for the episode. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm willing to. I'm willing to say, "Fuck you, anti-vaxxers too." So, yeah, cool. Uh, how's that? How, how's that polio vaccine working out for you guys? Um, <laughs> that said, anytime I got in a super depressed funk, which obviously is a lot of COVID, anytime I was at my lowest, yeah, I feel you. People, and I'm going to double down on this. I and I have argued this with friends recently. Listen to any Mitch Hedberg album. Yes. Yeah. It's and it's, like we, and what made me think about this is you're talking about bits, right? Or one liners. Mm-hmm. And like Mitch Hedberg didn't have stories of Carlin. He didn't do whatever else. I would go, I would stand on the soapbox that if Mitch Hedberg was still alive, he probably would be the greatest stand-up of all time. And addiction sucks. I've been around addiction all my life. Mm-hmm, but yeah. man, there's no one funnier who just such a candle that burns so hot way too fast. I have way too much problems with anxiety yeah. and cocaine, which oh, is I'm, not a good mix. Hey, uh, I've, I've had that. I definitely was like a <laughs> little bit for a while. It was like a, a Coke uh, and perk bro. So 
Yeah, uh, I imagine putting comedy into that lifestyle at the time. Right. That would have been bad. Unreal, mm-hmm. right? Getting just in like, front of an audience. Oh, getting in leaning, front of by yourself. Yeah. Leaning in. Yeah. Well, you perform oh, mostly God. with a team, right? So imagine being by yourself in front of a sold-out room no. with that anxiety, with no. those addiction issues. And I'm not saying that... I'll do improv for 20 people, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> but man, anyone... I listened to Hedberg during... COVID and it made honestly I, I still cry laughing at his yeah. two sentences he can just say two mm-hmm. sentences and it fucking breaks you still the fact that you're bringing up is nuts because uh, he's in my CD uh, like in my in my car right now it's, it's in my CD player uh, is Mitch altogether like yeah. oh, he, um, really quick um, I don't want to interrupt Kai we can come back to this but uh, to the listeners a CD is a compact disc yeah. uh, in the early 2000s late 90s there were these round mm-hmm. metal plastic things that you would put inside a vehicle that you could record yeah. on a vehicle <laughs> or, or uh, sometimes you'd have to get an actual um, you'd have to get it installed into your car because it's some sure. of your cars didn't come with these right uh, it's Circuit City you could go to Circuit City which is a store that existed <laughs> in the early 2000s late 90s where you could get a CD player installed uh, by some guy named Brian you just have to give away your car for like an hour. Actually, uh, Jack McDermott, who uh, backs this podcast, yes. worked at Circuit City, and uh, he's a part owner. He's a really great guy. He would install a CD yeah. player into your car. Anyway, sorry, CDs continue. You have the Mitch oh. CD in your car. Yeah, so I have uh, most of my coworkers. I'm the oldest. I'm so I'm 34 in a company and a co-op of like 20 of us. I think I'm really terrible at keeping track of people and numbers. But uh, out of uh, I think the youngest is like it's like 20, 21. I work with like a, a fair amount of coworkers that uh, we have a heavy gap between the content we've shared and grown up on. It's why I now say bet. Um, and what's um, uh, dead ass. That's my new favorite one. I've learned that people say dead, instead of dead ass serious. I said that to my coworkers, like, oh, like dead ass serious. And they were like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> just too many <laughs> syllables, though. Like, just get rid yeah. of uh, two just, of them. Just dead ass. Love it. Uh, thank you, Julie. But yeah, showing Mitch Hedberg and being like, yeah, here's some old ass comedy was really fun for me because, like, it's it's perfect but for my job because we only have somewhere anywhere between five to like 20 minute drives between the cleans that i do for my job so like we just are in my car cruising and it's just like you can stop at any moment and it's cool you could walk out it sucks if you have to go pee in the middle of a mitch Hedberg set but when mm-hmm. you come back you know that like you it didn't ruin this you couldn't miss that much right, <laughs> right yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. they all he's he's done interviews where they were like why do you do one line he's like well because i was done with that thought so let's just move on to the next one <laughs> so good that's how uh, he, that's how he worked and i, I don't know if, <laughs> i don't know how early adopted uh, how early the two of you were on youtube but youtube in like 2007 was almost exclusively mitch hedberg and like the other end of the spectrum ding cook jokes that oh, they no. put like that someone would animate with like uh, uh stick it. figures with like their heads and they'd mm-hmm. like move the heads like south park canadians sure. and andy milanakis Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for some yeah. reason, yeah. Was it the Man Show that made him into a thing? I think I, it started there, and then he got his own MTV show. I loved that MV, MTV show. That was like, I'd never seen anything like that when I was like twelve or thirteen when that came out. No, for sure. Him and Tom Green both were just like, what am I watching right now? Obscure shit. Yeah. Oh, I used to watch a ton of Tom Green on YouTube. 
I it was it was wild to me. I had never yeah. heard of it until I watched I Love the '90s on VH1. All right, you know what I could rant about just as much as The Hobbit: The Five Armies. Speaking yeah. of MTV, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw a tick. No, Go but ahead. I saw I we were just talking about MTV and what we watched and how MTV used to be able to change your mind uh, or like open your mind up. Like, what am I watching right now? But right now, and I saw a TikTok about this yesterday, and one of my former roommates and the former guest of this show, Sarah Clemency, talked to me, sent me the same TikTok that I watched yesterday about this. Love you, Sarah. The fact, the fa- love you, Sarah. The fact that Rob Deerdeck owns twelve hours of MTV airtime. Oh my god! Watching YouTube videos in this day and age is insane. And what did Rob Deerdeck do to have this much airtime nope. all of the time? Oh, what he did, Robin Big. Yeah, sure. Oh, no, okay, yeah. I loved, I loved Robin, Robin Big. Big. Great, that was a great show. Rob, uh, ridiculousness, no. though. It's okay. It's just Rob. It's but a it's, big thing. Like, no, they they are literally twelve hours of a prime time network, a network that used to be like such a huge. I don't know. It's just it's sad and it's weird to evolve to watch um, a single man. It's, I don't even hate Rob that much, but like I don't blame him either. If someone wanted to give me twelve hours a day on MTV, none, none of us are saying no to that. You want oh, if you want I the would... three of us to react to fucking YouTube videos and sure. come up with some corny ass fucking dad jokes yeah. with every guest that comes on. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna sell. I'll sell the fuck out to do that. Yeah, it's but like man. when Shaq was in uh uh that uh, genie movie. They asked him why'd you do that, and he was like, what what are you talking about? Like I, he was like, I grew up in a bad neighborhood and then someone said, Hey, you want to be in a movie? Of course I want to be in a movie. I don't care how bad the script is. I'm just going to yeah. do it. Yeah. I get to be a fucking genie. Sure. That yeah. sounds nuts. Get, get out of here. Like I'm doing it. Kazam. That's what it's called. Yeah. It, of course I would do exactly what uh, Rob Deerdack's doing. I'm actually imagining that one of those shows being Dane Cook as a host instead, and I'm so grateful that universe didn't exist, that he never became, like, what was the show an he MTV had? host of any... He had a show? Insomniac? Was that it? I don't remember the show he had. I do... Dane Cook a show. I do... Comedy Central. I do have a little bit of soft spot in my heart for Dane Cook, only because He's got his brother... Jokes. Well, no, it's not even his jokes, because, like, obviously, he's it's, it's well-documented that he revamped a lot of other jokes from other stand-ups. Yeah, he's a huge no-no. Don't yeah. do that. It's whatever. That said, to become as big as he did and to have your own flesh and blood, like your brother, literally steal all of your money. Yeah. Yeah. Sucks. What? I did yeah, not know like, about this. Dane Cook's brother was his manager for most of his prime. And basically, Dane Cook's brother would send him fake invoices and receipts and bank statements of all of his wealth and what he was doing with his money when the entire time he was stealing all of it until one day Dane cook goes to buy a house. I think he's buying a house. He's buying something. And basically he got rejected because he had no money and he found it all. It came out that like basically his brother had stolen it all his own brother. Uh, so like as much as Dane cook sucks and he shouldn't steal jokes, um, he does have a very big personality, and he does have a lot of material that is his own, uh, which is unfortunate that he did do the th- mistakes he made. But that said, I feel like no one deserves to have their own family God, no. steal millions and millions of dollars. Well, I mean, maybe maybe Dane Cook's wealth was just like a lonely mountain, you know? Like, it's just really like... <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just sure. like, 
when okay, when, okay. You, when you have that opportunity, <laughs> right? sure, yeah, you might want to just have it all, right? So like, Dane was probably the younger child who didn't deserve it, didn't earn it, like Thorin did, <laughs> and uh, his brother was the heir as the older brother to all of the wealth, right? Dane. Well, wait, what's his name? Dane. So, so wait, Smaug is uh, this Dane Cook's older brother. <laughs> wait, isn't isn't that the name of the other? Like, who became king after uh, Thorin? Uh, is it Dane? Oh, you're thinking of oh his uh, Thorin's brother is named. It's his name. I think it's pronounced Dayan, but yeah, it's yeah. Dane. It's called. Oh shit! This is way too. Wait, we just fucking wait, we, did oh, it. We combined the <laughs> years. You've done it. And also, there's tremors in this movie too. Guys, so I mean, Tolkien like... was a uh, prophet. Yeah, he clearly saw oh. something. With Dane Cook and uh... <laughs> a prophet for Dane Cook <laughs> for mid two thousands comedy. Oh, I lo- want him to be in this. Um, I mean, fuck it. If uh, what's his name, uh, Brent from Flight of the Concords or Brett can be in this. Brett. Fuck, Brett. Oh, look at cat. Oh, who's this? Uh, right, we got a cat on the uh, the podcasts. Who's this? This is Elsa. Elsa. Aww. What a pretty kitty. Yeah, she's yeah. adorable. She's just take like taking cuddles. All right, and, and not anymore. Yeah, she's done with it. That's about as long as I get. Unless they gotta make biscuits and it's winter. If it's winter and they want to make biscuits, it's just I'm not allowed to move. They gotta do what they gotta do. <laughs> Gotta respect it. You know what I just thought about is uh, the movie and... Th- uh, is it about cats? No, no, it's not about cats. But I don't know why I even thought about it. But Bard's shot with the magical arrow that his son <laughs> brings him. Yeah. yeah. What a scene that is. Uh, can you imagine this huge arrow on your son's shoulder? Oh, oh wow. I thought the whole time he was going to whip his son in the face with the, with, with right. the bow. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like slice his cheek on the way right. when it went out or something. something. Yeah. Uh, what a what a way to build up a scene. Uh, which also reminds me, I'm also super mad. No talking birds. Just give me some. Why do they hate? They they always want to save the birds till the end. Yeah. I get it. The rocks save them the end. But uh, I know I'm cutting back to the movie after all this great stand up talk. But, no, it's uh, I'm I'm with it. No, we got we got time. <laughs> another another big part of Bilbo's redemption, or like the positive parts of, about him in the book, are like, oh, he finds a soft spot in smog mm-hmm. or smog, and lets Shmear. the birds know, and the birds go and tell Bard, and like that's a whole thing. Like a big part of like Bilbo's uh, becoming a hero is completely taken out because they refuse to have talking birds. Which is so wild because they have talking trees. Why the fuck not? They have talking trees. Birds are such a big part of like. Uh, you got a bear man. There's a bear man now. Whatever. Right. Who cares? There's talking well, bear man existed. There's talking oh, bear trolls. man exists. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the Bjorn is a. He is part of the book. He's a very strange part of the book, but he is a part of the book. Uh, not nearly as strange as uh, who's the dude in Lord of the Rings books that they didn't address at all, which Tom uh, Bombadil. Yes, Bombadil. And speaking of. Uh, Angelina, or uh, what's her name's uh, breakdown? You were talking about earlier. I can't oh, remember her name. Lindsay. A- Angelina right, uh, right, writes right. with Lindsay, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're all, they're Tom Bobadil stuff. Always, I love reading all of that stuff. Uh, but, yeah. Bjorn, 
I, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with all this other than Bjorn exists. Uh, this kid getting being the this makeshift bow. All right, let's first talk about that. Yeah. Where yeah. does the where does where does this no rope? Idea. Is this MacGyver. a bungee cord? Where yeah. is this a uh, well? Didn't a he bowstring? Didn't he have a bow that broke? He did. Yeah, he had a bow that broke. But there's no way that string wraps around the entire bell tower. Okay. Yeah. To make okay. a new bow to shoot this arrow to have his ki- to shoot this massive arrow. Like, and I get it. It's Hollywood. It is whatever. Uh, but man, what a just why? It just, yeah. it felt like why? something that was in the extended version. And I refuse to watch this extended because it's already extended. Like I don't want to. I don't need more of it. And every single time we had to when we watched the movie, I'd go, "Is this extended?" Like twenty minutes in, I go, "Oh, thank God, no." Yeah, but I gave up on watching the extended ones of all of these a while back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I just refused. I, yeah. There's no way I could do it. Yeah, I actually uh, I told Kai to watch the uh, Fellowship of the Ring extended, and as I was watching, I was like. Oh. Oh no! Watch all the Lord's movies, Rings Extended, for sure. Like Fellowship, Hobbit, don't do it. Yeah, Fellowship, do it. Two Towers, do it. Return of the King, man. If you, I, I like you, Kai. I when I first watched Return of the King, I did fall asleep not because I was bored, but because it was four in the morning. Mm-hmm. That movie was so long, yep. and I was just like, uh, and I went to the midnight movie, but I went back to the theater the next day and I watched the entire thing when I was more awake. But man, uh, all of the extended. It's just the Lord of the Rings stays so true. Mm-hmm. Like as true as possible. I mean, they don't they they water down a lot of Faramir stuff and uh, Awen stuff for sure. But and there's no Tom Bombadil, which I'm fine with because that dude's just fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> it would have been way too confusing, and it would have ruined the pacing of the of the movie. Well, because he makes no sense even in the book. Like there's there's no need for Tom Bombadil. He, Did Tom Bombadil come up in the your guys' talk. Uh, I think we t- For- I think we talked about it with Frank a little bit because I think I remember saying um, about how Tolkien wrote him in, and then after he wrote the because he wrote him in in a draft where he was just making like the Hobbit two, and then as soon as he realized like this is going to be much bigger. He started cutting stuff out, and for some reason he was like, "No, nah, I like Tom Bombadil. I'm going to keep that guy in." Hmm. I feel like Tom Bombadil is Tolkien's drunk uncle that he thought he was real fun growing up, <laughs> and like he'd go to his house and he'd sing all the time. And he'd do all this weird shit, or like they, he'd just go over there and have no idea what's going on. So he just found a way to write his weird uncle into his book. Yeah, like that's the vibe I get from Tom Bombadil. Yeah, that's a perfect <laughs> description of Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know who that was, and I just Googled it, and that's exactly what I'm seeing, so spot on. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll send you some songs that he sings, because he kind of sure. he just comes out and he's like, hey, ho, it's Tom Bombadillo, and you're like, why? You, why? I mean, that's not how you start most of your songs when you're, <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I'm Jim O'Donnell, <laughs> that is I, my name. <laughs> I have always wished that, like, I always wish I had, like, a Disney song type thing where, like, I, I introduce myself and like what I'm all about with that, where I like come in a room and is like, Hey, it's me. I'm Jim. I think I'm funny, but I'm, you know, I'm here. And then like, I want it, I want it that just so everyone knew who I was, but then I have to figure out who I am as a person. You have to change yeah. up your song annually or daily. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Uh, I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to be, I want to be one dimensional is what I'm saying. 
I wanted to be a guy who just had one big wish, and that was it. Sure. No, I get it. Uh, how did you guys feel about the uh, the necromancer scene, the Force Gandalf scene? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all about Gladriel doing weird-ass, crazy yelling magic. Same thing with Gandalf. Sure. But the... I thought the fight choreography was really good with Elrond and Saruman and Gandalf with these ghosts uh, <laughs> and yeah. nine human kings. That said, what about these ghost kings falling off cliffs and dying? Right. What is that? Oh, so weird. How? So Like, how does that happen? Like, you want me to believe this reality, but then, like, Elrond just is going to knock off this king or Saruman is going to knock off this fallen human ghost king off a cliff and he's just gonna like die again only to reappear with sauron as the eye like i it was just so unnecessary like i i understand that he wants to link what's happening at this time and how it ties to the other movies that he made Mm -hmm. sure to please the audience please the neckbeards please whatever but like just do it in a way like there's just other ways to do it Mm -hmm. like just have the kings vanish after you do whatever, but to have them like fall off a cliff or die in other stupid ways that they quote unquote died again, only to know that you know all of them are about to come back to life yeah. in these three movies fifty years later. Right. It's just so like this what is the f- this is the five production companies fighting again about what is yeah. happening. Like, how do we justify this? How does all this go on? I actually think this one was a... Uh, I think this was a Peter Jackson idea that he just didn't think through. Mm, sure. I, I, I think this is one that he... Like, when I say didn't think through, I, I mean that didn't have time to think through. He, he, It's very clear he didn't have enough time in production to think everything all the way through like he wanted to. But uh, with that said, it is weird because within the timeline of Lord of the Rings, this happens like 500 years before this. It's not the, okay. this isn't the thing that Gandalf goes off in the books to do. This is a completely right. separate thing. And cool. It's cool. Like I liked it. It, w- it was a pretty cool way to introduce Sau- uh, Sauron does undermine the movie a little bit, but mm. still it's good. Although it's funny you say you like the fight choreography because the fight choreography, from my perspective, looked like um, if you've ever seen that one clip from uh, Attack of the Clones where they're all, all the Jedi are in the uh, the middle of that uh, like gladiator pit and then they're all just swinging their uh, lightsabers wildly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then someone was like, if you took out everything, it's just a bunch of people swinging wildly. That's what... Yeah. Saruman, that's what uh, Christopher Lee and Hugo Weaving look like to me, was them just being like, ha, ho, ha, oh. ha, ho, ho, to nothing. By them, you mean they're stunt doubles, and I agree. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. I don't think it's good. I just think it looks good, which yeah. is a big difference. Like, it's not realistic by any means. Oh, yeah. But it is But it is pretty. And for the time, the CGI was, like, it, looked, it, lo- it looks cool. Uh, yeah. Like, I- it's nowhere near, like, Chung Chi level whatsoever, right? Like, which is real choreography and like real, real, well, as real as you can be with fighting in movies. Right. But like, at least it was, it was, it was pretty to look at, I guess is my whole thing. Yeah. It, oh, I, it was I, cool. I, it took me out of it though so much just thinking about no, no, the, which the I stunts. I was be like, yeah, yeah, ho, yeah, yeah, like me in my backyard pretending to fight ghosts. 
Sure. Like the Star Wars <laughs> kid from back in the day. Do you guys remember those videos? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah, poor no, kid, sure. but yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's fair. I, honestly, if I was a kid, I bet... Why didn't I get into this? I missed out. I wish I, I could go back and... Uh, be a Gandalf for at least one Halloween as a kid because like and not even I don't even want to do the magic shit I just love it when he beats the shit out of stuff with a staff like beats up people with a staff like just flat out just uses it as its own thing as a weapon you don't need magic sometimes um, yeah I don't know that's one of my favorite things to watch him uh, do in this movie for some reason mm-hmm. yeah, do you guys want a quick topic I don't know how quick this is going to be but I'm very curious what your opinions are about it they're predicting that the biggest kids Halloween costume this year is going to be squid games. Oh, I'm okay. not surprised. Yeah. Little kids. So I'm not being surprised. like, yeah, I'm going to get shot and die. If I play red light, green light. Awesome. <laughs> right. But like to me, so I was talking with, uh, I'm on a new improv team and we were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. You and, like, I don't know if I'm just close to my, like I grew up watching really fucked up shit. Like a hundred percent. I, I feel like I was one of the few kids of my generation that was allowed to watch a lot of rated R things. Mm hmm. But I can't imagine, like, as leftist as I am, allowing my child, who is less than 12 years old, watch Squid Games. Let alone, and I don't know if I'm being too conservative, because I know, like, in Europe, you know, it's very progressive when it comes to violence and, like, sexual stuff. Whether you let children watch because you're just good people. But, like, I feel like in America, especially, we're so... It's such a shitty culture where we just have white dudes shooting people all the time yep. Yep. that I yep. don't know if it's a good idea exactly to have like kids watching squid games. Yeah. No. Uh, That's gnarly. So, I, so do, I don't know. I'm just curious what you think or what your opinion is on having squid games being the biggest. If you've watched it, which I, I, it's a great show. I loved it. And I have a very funny story about uh, Halloween and what I'm going to do for regarding squid games this year. But that said, I'm curious what your opinions are regarding squid games and whether children should watch it. I was going to say, Kai, you go, because I haven't actually watched Squid Games yet. Uh, I've uh, sure. I've been meaning to. I haven't had the time. I think after we're done uh, tonight, I'm going to watch the first episode, because this might be the sure. the moment where I'm like, I have to do this, because I've been meaning to. I know. But uh, I think, though, as someone who hasn't watched it, I've still seen like what uh, the characters look like, and I mm. could definitely see a kid being like, oh, I want to be that i want to be that playstation 2 uh yeah button like motherfucker yeah that looks cool like i that's and uh, everyone's talking about it although everyone's talking about it not on the schoolyard though i would say it's so i don't know yeah i uh probably just i would just say if it's kids doing that it's probably be them looking at it but the point of of never mind kai go ahead (laughs) Well, no, parents do this all the time. They're just like, I mean, they just want to, they just, it's like, oh, let's do kids with adult stuff because that's what we love uh, to see. Like, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, they look, like, hell, you'll see, like, kids now being, like, look like the Wayne, uh, like, from Wayne's World. You're like, why do we need Wayne's World babies <laughs> at Halloween's oh, right now? I mean, it's still cute. I'm, I'm fine with it. Whatever. Dress your baby however you want. You give but a baby a is... mullet, uh, that's funny to me. Yeah, I'm fine. That's fine. I feel a little. I feel a little weird about this. Uh, but if that's what people want to do, that's fine. Put your. I. I don't know. I, you. Like I said, second. Uh, eight, the second grade Adam Sandler. Whatever. It be sometimes people are just young and do some wild ass shit. And I guess apparently, uh, 
dressing up with the unbeknownst to you because you haven't seen this fucking show or maybe you have little kid uh as a character that just may or may not die that is essentially just a number of debt and you don't really matter that much to them uh, well no I, I what i'm arguing is i think a lot of parents are letting their children watch squid game which i find oh, interesting yeah as someone who's not a parent I and i don't understand but also as someone who I, had not the greatest upbringing who is allowed to watch a lot of things like yeah, and there's a wild. there's a there's a Fortnite culture and like modern mm. war zone all the call of duty culture of like people yeah. just dying all the time so maybe i'm just out of touch because i don't have kids but it's very intriguing to me that like i can't imagine my mom being like oh watch i'll let you watch squid games as a 10 year old because where this came from is i uh, my teammate on my improv team uh she's a teacher and the kids are playing squid games games on the playground during recess and even though the <laughs> oh teachers are telling God. them not to do it like they're still doing it so where are they getting I'm this glass to break through and fall to right. their demise <laughs> right i don't know <laughs> i mean probably autozone uh, <laughs> oh no the kids is... the kids keep showing up with shit from autozone it's right. not good shit from autozone which by the way uh jack mcdermott is the owner and sponsor of uh, autozone <laughs> In this podcast, yeah, thank you, Jack. But uh, I, yeah, I was gonna ask if, like, was the point you were making actually? Is it okay for kids to watch Squid uh, Squid Games? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. I'm just cu- like, I, I don't know. I'm not a parent, so and I'm not gonna make that choice. I think everyone parent and how they parent is different, especially how violence is portrayed in this country and other countries. I feel like if I was a parent in Europe, I would let my kid watch Squid Games. If I'm a parent in America, I don't know if I would. I think mm. that like, like. Fifth grade might be like the edge of it mm. to let uh, a kid watch maybe uh, Squid Games. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't really be the judge. But I had uh, a little bit of an opposite upbringing in which I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of things. Uh, anything that had anything uh, that had a naked body in it, I wasn't allowed to go near. Uh, and most violent things I wasn't allowed to watch either. So there were times where all the kids watched a movie that I wasn't allowed to watch. And then I got left out because of that. And that was a little difficult. And I could tell my parents had to be like, he's getting bullied at school because he didn't watch this one thing. And he's Mm. like, they interpret him as like a bit of a prude because he doesn't know what this thing is. Yeah, sure. And I guess I don't don't make clear, like I'm not judging anyone that lets their kid watch squid games. I don't care. Like I trust that most people are just like intelligent parents who know what to their kids what's up but i'm just surprised watching it myself like damn this show is so violent i don't know what i would do in that position so to me it's just like more rhetorical philosophical i'm just curious yeah no uh, i don't feel you on that yeah i don't think i could judge either way because like you said the parent knows the parent's gonna know best and even if they don't know best like it's it's their kid uh they're they're gonna raise them the way they want to this is this is a potential cut uh for the episode but Today, literally, I was with my coworker talking about because they realized I realized today that they were one when 9-11 happened. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, OK, I was in eighth grade science class, Mr. Remillard's class, uh, you know, like different. Uh, and it was like that was the question or at the time, eighth graders, we had like a teacher uh, or I think it was either teacher teacher or some sort of more authority person came in. and was just like, turn the TVs off. You can't wa- you know, you can't watch this. And that became like a hot thing of like are eighth graders old enough to be like allowed to watch news as this is fucking unfolding. Like, like if JFK just been assassinated to not to me, like in eighth grade to like not be allowed to be like 
updated about it is and just go back to being like so algebra is fun like no <laughs> yeah i think eighth graders should watch 9 11 uh that's yeah. a point is that where you stand um like sorry. this year like this year watch <laughs> make eighth graders because <laughs> you hey, should never forget um <laughs> all the eighth grade <laughs> listeners that we have <laughs> i was uh, i was in third grade when nine when 9 11 happened i don't honestly remember it like I don't remember the day. I don't. Re- I remember. Uh, my parents gave me like a little speech that was like, "Hey, a big thing happened today," and I was like, "That sounds really sad, but like I can't like I I my my I think eight year old brain just couldn't comprehend it, and was just like, I'm gonna go play in the yard now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember. <laughs> I'll put it this way: I looked up. I was looking up uh, when Dragon Ball Z episodes were coming out. And I was like, I wonder which episode came out on 9-11. And I remember the episode that came out that day. So I remember that Dragon Ball Z episode more than I remember 9-11. Wow, that's super unpatriotic. Wow, Jim. Yeah, yeah, that's how I feel about uh... it. My my lessons learned today are that, like, Jim doesn't want women. (laughs) And that Jim thinks that Dragon Ball Z is more important than 9-11. Like, those are my big takeaways. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah that, really I think that represents you pretty well. In this episode, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim, do you have uh, do you have any final notes? Or, uh, I, I want to make sure everybody's got their feelings out there. Yeah. And I don't even have to look at it because I remember what I was going to say. What is it? Uh, there's a lot of twirling in these movies. A uh, lot of what? people, like, spin around. There's a, there's a part where like they walk uh, uh the Thranduil walks through the elves, and sure. instead of just like scooting out of the way, they all spin out of the way, and like it's like a like a, a Beauty and the Beast scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They look like Belle, like spinning out of the way of a, a of a uh, an elk, and sure. then also like the scene before, someone like does like a twirl. I think it was the uh, I think it was the ugly guy with the the unibrow, which they uh, made the hunch uh, yeah, yeah the henchman basically yeah they made the every, deputy yeah sure they made everyone in that town look ugly for I have no idea why it was so weird the like amount of makeup they put on to make them oh it's because uh, I don't know if you know this but Lake Town very poor hygiene not a lot of soap available apparently not yeah yeah I'm seeing that <laughs> from no toothpaste whatsoever. Anyway, that there are a lot of twirling. If you, I if didn't you, know you were such an anti-twirler. If you, <laughs> if, if any of you twirl, to... if anybody's listening and you twirl from time to time, I swear to fucking god, if you twirl next to my co-host, <laughs> I would be so mad at you. Yeah, if I'm ever in in charge of like some kind of dystopia, my big Scott, I swear to <laughs> you're out of here. Cut this whole episode. That was more of a spin than a twirl. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> After listeners, I just spun in my chair, and now <laughs> this episode's going to be cut permanently. So. <laughs> Strike everything. But yeah, a lot of twirling. Not, I didn't hate it, but there's a lot of it. Go ahead. Scott, hit me with it. I don't have many final notes. I know that uh, usually I'm a lot more lighthearted and more fun, but man, these this movie just fucking touches this weird spot in me that like I cannot be 
lighthearted about. So, uh... No, I mean, I if anybody's still listening and looking for lighthearted and fun content, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. That's not associated <laughs> with Rotten Treasure anymore. Like, I, I know that as a person, I seem very not approachable, but I promise you I am. Just let's not... Just don't be a hobbit defender to me, and then... Yeah, we'll real. <laughs> uh, my final takeaways are, I think, read the book. You'll get a lot more enjoyable content, like a better feeling after watching it. And... Uh, even though there's not a lot of Gandalf or Radagast or Necromancer content, yeah. that uh, it's a much it's a super easy read and you'll just love it. And it, uh, there's no weird love triangles that are unnecessary. There's no weird dragon sicknesses. There's no there's more character development with all of the dwarves. Uh, there's barely any bard and his kids saying da all the time. Da yeah. da oh yeah da. they do say oh that. Oh my a god! Lot. Like all bard. Bard, why are you here? My kids. Kids, what's up with you? Da! Like, there's none of that in the book. So just read the book. That's my big takeaway. If a fun fact is uh, the audiobook for The Hobbit is shorter than the three movies combined. So it takes less time to read the book than it does to watch the movies. Yeah. And it's a great audiobook. Like, the narrator is very good. Yeah, I'm so I'm so in. There's I one need on more audio books. There's one on YouTube where they incorporate actors and uh, uh, the music. It's beautiful. Definitely read the book, hmm. or li- even listen to the audio book. Kai, did you Coward have a your final, final notes? Uh, I <laughs> I wrote down the way that I want you to end this podcast with me. Um, and and and. Actually, I don't know if our friendship has to end at the exact same time, but, <laughs> but if it does, I just, I want you to say, I wish to part from you in friendship. I love that quote from Thorin. I think that's a great way to just end it. Like, I've never had, I don't have, I don't have, I don't know if, I don't know if we need to share everyone's, if this is like not a good thing, but breaking up with friends, that seems to be like a thing we're learning as a society that like, it's okay to do that. Um, to be like, hey, we're just not really like, Mm, you know in each other's worlds in the same way anymore we meant something to each other it's cool like Mm -hmm. but i wish you well like godspeed i'm here if you need me for these kind of things these are my boundaries like these things are starting to happen but i would love to just be like i wish to part from you in friendship (laughs) and then say nothing else leave the coffee shop and never talk to a friend ever again so that's what i want from you jim that's how i want this to go down oh okay me i didn't realize i was getting broke up with right now oh no no no. i'm not breaking up with you at some point i just want you to saying yeah i want you to fly to minneapolis Right. When they and you, like when you guys are no longer friends, that's how they want it to end. Yeah. And what I want to know is, uh, <laughs> like as a guess is which one of you is dying after that? Oh yeah. Oh, no, immediately. Like, who's like, the, who's the Thorin? Oh, it's, it's me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I dead. As I've yeah. said in many episodes, uh, if given the choice of being in a horrible situation, I'm just going to die. Like it, I yeah. don't, I don't have to choose. So there's no saw for me because I'm just dead. <laughs> the other host prevails. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, Scott, I got thank that you podcast so sickness. Oh my god, no! I'm gonna. No matter what, I will carry on. I will carry on Rotten Treasure. I will do it without you. I will just go back and forth. Oh, and do uh, practice my one woman. Um, <laughs> that Freudian slip. One person uh, show. Um, where I'm just going to be you and me. Uh, 
from then on if you're cool with that do you have oh wait before we, yeah before we end can i yeah uh, yeah i want to hear your best gym impression yeah yeah oh, my I'd best like gym well yeah. jim already knows it but yeah but hey, i think the hey i'm jim i'm very i'm very tall oh god <laughs> come on a thing i no, say my right best gym my best gym is like um hold on <laughs> <laughs> and it's i'm way i'm wagging a finger in the air i'm like it, it's um, the uh, like to me, Jim. You're 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 very gestural. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. No, what's the word? I gesticulate. You're very animated. Anime is a better word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so when I think, I, I don't know if you have necessarily. Do you have sayings? I don't know. I'm gonna uh, look that up. Hold on. Like that's funny. <laughs> let me Google it. I'm whenever, Jim. <laughs> whenever someone has to do like an impression of me for like a scene. Yeah. So for some reason, they always break out everything I always say, and I yeah. all of a sudden get to see that mirror pop up in front of me okay. of all the things and scenes I like ways I do scenes. What do people do? What are what are the go to gyms? Uh, I, Tanya did it one time where all she did was run across the stage a bunch of times and scream, and then she slowly like pretended to take off her pants, and then she uh screamed more like apparently that's what i'm like as a performer great i don't know i've done improv with you i don't remember you taking your pants off ever you weren't there when i did that that was at a practice uh and it and it's (laughs) it's the thing i'm probably most proud of and i did it in front of like six people why did you take your pants off it was very slow uh I was just, it, I was like... Improv pants are real pants. No, no, improv yeah, pants. I'm not okay, taking off my real pants in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very valid question. Yeah, no, it's it, a good, it really that, is. Uh, there's a few people have been wondering for a little bit. So that's good. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> but yeah, I was just practicing doing actually something, Scott, you taught, uh, which was um, slow object work to just slow it down and like really take your time with it. Because I was, sure. uh, I saw... Fred Brown did it, do some object work like that, and the guy I think who's the best at object work ever is Jacob Todd. Uh, and I fun, noticed yeah. the same thing that they both did, which was they slowed it down. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to slow it down, really take my time. And I took like five minutes to take off my pants, and that was the hardest I've ever killed in front of five people. <laughs> If you were struggling, it's relatable. I think we've all been at the point where you're just like, all right, I guess I'm falling asleep with these pants partially on my body. Yeah. (laughs) That's just what has to happen to me right now. That's okay. Yeah. It sucks if you have to get up and fight something in the middle of the night and you have to go out there like an army man with like your fucking legs connected, but it's fine. (laughs) You don't don't follow me with the visual on that? No? No, no, no. I'm following. Because like you're thinking of like the the plastic army men with like the thing between their legs. Yeah. Sorry, toys. I should have been like Toy Story specific. Like no, I'm no. talking about, yeah. I always think of it. them as like Wildwood Boardwalk toys. Hmm. I don't know why. I have no idea what that is. Those are words. So, Anyways. Scott, do you have anything to promote? <laughs> <laughs> I do have things to promote. I uh, I have a couple. Of, I have some things coming up for any of these listeners who I'm sure are all over Chicago. Uh, I have. Two new things that are coming up starting tomorrow. So starting tomorrow, I've recently made a house team at the Annoyance Theater here in Chicago. Um, There's a weekly show called The Umbrella, where there's three new house teams that are going to perform every week, Thursdays at 8 p.m. I'm on the team that right now our name is Gushy. 
Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. Right. A lot of feelings about the word gushy. I'm there with you. I love it, but I also hate it, which makes me love it a little bit more. Mm. Uh, but all the people are great. I We just started practicing this week. They're putting us on stage immediately, which is a lot of fun. Woo. Um, wow. Get it. So yeah, if you're in Get Chicago on Thursday nights, 8 p.m., come see us. Also, starting November 20th, here at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago, I'm going to play called Christmas God Damn It, which is a play about a uh, a widowed man, who is me, who is introducing his you know, his regular family to his brand new family who don't know about each other. And it's a little bit of a dramedy. And uh, even though it sounds like I'm the main character, I do have like, it's like equal lines. Like uh, it's not all about me. There's a lot of, a uh, lot of great characters. It's very funny and I'm very excited to do it. And that'll be every Saturday at the annoyance uh, at 8 PM starting November 20th, going all the way up to Christmas. And I'm super excited about that. And, uh, yeah, other than that, if anyone wants just to come to Chicago and come visit, you can stay at my place. Anybody I have a cat. at all. Anyone at all. Like, literally anyone listening to this podcast, you can stay at my place. Um, Jack McDermott's <laughs> going to pay for all of your per diems yeah. and uh, all the Airbnb fees uh, as a part of this. And all the, all the money that Jack pays for you to stay with me, I'm giving a portion of that to this podcast. Yeah. So... There's actually um, a, a mini fridge in uh, Scott's apartment that is full of like little tiny M and M's and like little tiny alcohols. It's all right. sponsored by Jack McDermott. <laughs> right, it's, it's all sponsored by Jack. And so, like, here's the thing: you get to stay with me for free, but anything you have out of the mini fridge, 100 percent goes to this podcast. So, uh, I have candies, I have mini liquors, I have condoms, I have Plan B, I have nice. um, animals for sale and all of it goes to the podcast animals for and sale. all brought to you by <laughs> okay could you get the puppies out of the fridge <laughs> please <laughs> but no that's all i have to uh that's all i gotta push oh well that's but here's awesome. what i want to hear like that's fucking awesome uh, I, i've heard about a new show coming up that uh jim's gonna be in that he didn't Boop. push at all yeah we can promote on up. our own episodes i think thank you for that scott uh yeah of course jim, hit it. am i uh, oh the evil genius show yeah. Oh, I don't know if this episode will be out when that happens. Uh, I well, you can try. It's going to be out in five weeks from now. Um, I think that show is in like two weeks. No. Well, oh, well, that's my favorite. Uh, ed- edit this out then. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. We, uh, Andrew Nealis actually. The promo was uh, when you when you listen to this, Andrew will have performed at, <laughs> and that's fine. If you need to promote stuff in the past, that's good. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to encourage all of our listeners to build a time machine to be able to go to a lot of shit that I've seen that it was amazing. Uh, So, yeah. Do it. Build it. Uh, Jim, do you have anything else to promote about yourself? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think there is another show, but I don't know what it is. And I feel weird because we were asked to do it and... I don't remember what it is yet because it's well, it's too far out there in the ether that I don't remember anything about it. Tight. So there's a Vegas fuck show that might happen with Jim involved in a team of some kind. We won't specify. Uh, it, it would be with daddy <laughs> issues, but <laughs> pay attention to Jim is what I'm saying. Uh, follow Jim in whatever context oh, feels right for oh you. Oh God, yeah. Don't <laughs> no. Don't don't follow me at Jimbo Spice Girl. Uh, on instagram the, the, uh i feel weird about that 
Is that also oh. your AIM name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me on AIM. Uh, you can hear my away messages that are lyrics to uh, my chemical Dashboard romance songs. songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I, I guess I, I went with a little more obvious choice. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the way you. That's that's how you speak. That's the way we we communicated to one another. Uh, well, thank you so much again. I appreciate you being here, and it's so good to see you. Um, don't go away because it'd be weird. No, no guest of ours has ever just been like, all right, bye, and then leaves. <laughs> it would be very sad. I want to talk to you. None of you uh, listeners get to hear us uh, continue to talk. Sorry, but 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 that said, Kai, for all the Minnesota like the Minnesota listener, yeah, all three out here. of them. <laughs> yeah, um, we got a couple. I'm just kidding. You probably have at least two hundred. I when when is your class show? Uh, oh, fuck if I know. Probably, I don't even know if we're doing a class show, and that might be because of uh, COVID safety protocols. Because uh, yeah. we, we are doing, I mean, there's doing shows, they're requiring vaccinations at the theater. Like, huge theaters doing a really fucking great job. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, we agree upon boundaries, like, in terms of, you know, no one's doing any physical contact stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I will announce that. Um, when I can, for sure, because fuck it. Uh, anybody, uh, and by that I mean like the few coworkers that I have that you hear me talk about doing improv and also this podcast that did actually listen to a few of the episodes and heard this one. Uh, yeah, come come watch me like be a chair that like doesn't believe in tables. You know, like why not? That's um, actually a really good idea. I I like that scene. Yeah, just not about it. Not a not <laughs> not a thing that exists for them. You know. Uh, but yeah, speaking of coming back, that was that was my smooth transition. Uh, next week. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we keep coming back. We're uh, we're continuing this journey. We we're originally going to end it here and then stop talking about these movies. Uh, but we actually are going to continue on, and we're going to watch the uh, animated 1978 The Hobbit, um, and we're going to be having Kyle. Uh, I almost almost don't want to use a last name because listeners, if you do listen regularly. You know Kyle. We talk about Kyle all the time. <laughs> the Kyle yeah, is coming. Kyle. Yeah, see, you guys know. I'm not. You'll see the last name on the episode. Uh, it's Hanlon. But yeah, Kyle's gonna be here. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll get into yeah. it. Uh, I'm excited to find out what happens when you combine music with this world. Is that you correct? The, it's a musical. You get the book. Uh, yeah, is what happens. Get is a great adventure. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure and on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure and on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to patreoncom treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks. Perfect.